Welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast. Uh, we decided that the last match day was way too boring to talk about, and Oscar had some fire alarm issues, so we are back a half week late to bring you to the State of the League, where we will go over the forecasts for each club as we enter the final stretch. I'm joined by my lovely host, Oscar. Fire alarm, say well. Uh, Oscar, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Yes, my apologies. We were notified late that we were going to have a fire drill in my apartment between the hours of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. And seeing as it was a drab week and I thought, uh, oh, maybe we can, you know, have some of the midweek fixtures to spice stuff up. And then it was basically all draws and one nils and it was rubbish. So that didn't work out. Other than that, I'm okay. I'm busy and tired. Um, oscillating between being in a good mood and a bad mood like pretty frequently but you know i'm always happy to be here how are you blake i am good you might be you know having good mood and bad mood and a roller coaster in that aspect uh but there's one roller coaster that is only going up right now and that is your premier league predictions yes seamless Uh, segue wow yeah once again Oscar Saywell beats me with a score of seven to three. Yes. He perfectly predicted two matches: the one-one draw between Newcastle and Wolves, and the two-nil win by Liverpool over Sheffield United. Uh, and that seven to three victory gives him plus four, which moves him up to plus seven overall, wow. creating somewhat of a Manchester City-esque lead at the yeah. top of the table. Excellent for me. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really going to have to catch up. Uh, I'm sure you will. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm sure you will. It'll you stink. said that last week, and then you built your lead. That's true. That, you know, that is correct. That is correct. But my luck will run out. And you know, just like, I guess, Arsenal, maybe you'll start to put together a good run, climb up the table. You climb know. up the table and finish mid-table where yeah, I belong. Yeah, exactly. And just finish average, you know. I, I, I suppose I could do that. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> okay. So how this state of the league is going to work is Oscar and I will work our way up from 20th place to first place, um, stomping on some of the more interesting seasons these clubs are having, um, whereas other clubs, it's either cut and dry or it's per use or yeah. uh, not very interesting. So Oscar Saywell, do you want to kick us off with Sheffield United? Sure. Um, so, okay, I guess let's frame this in the context of well, our mid, uh, mid-season predictions, where I think you, you posed the question to me, or maybe, I think, I don't know, maybe we were just discussing whether it was possible at all for Sheffield United to get out of this hole that they find themselves in. Um, I said that, yeah, it was possible, because, I mean, obviously it was technically possible. Um, at this point in March of 2021, uh, Sheffield United is sitting on 14 points. They just overtook uh, Derby's record low points tally with their win over Villa. It was Villa, right? Um, 1-0 win with 10 men. Um, and now they, they lie only three points behind West Brom, who I think I said were going to finish 20th and Sheffield United were going to finish uh, 19th, which is yes, looking honestly increasingly likely because West Brom are horrible. Um, and Sheffield United, uh, they can't score. And yes, this is their first victory after four losses on the bounce. But... Um, I don't know. I, I guess 
green it's not even green shoots of recovery because there's nothing ready to recover now because they won't survive but um you know they're still trying i guess and uh yeah i'll stick by my chris wilder will not get sacked they will go down and he will take them back up prediction i don't know if they're going to come back up mm, right. at first chance i have a feeling they're going to have four players who get stolen away from them ah, when okay. they go down. Yeah. Who, who do you think I will be think, stolen? Uh, George Baldock. Mm, okay. uh, John Lundstrom. Yeah. Ollie Norwood. Ollie Norwood. And, and Enda Stevens. Enda Stevens. Ah. You're, you're talking about stalwarts of that side. I, I, I don't think... I don't know. I think Ollie Norwood will probably stay for sure, I reckon. Out of those. I, I, I'm most confident about John Lundstrom leaving. Isn't he out of contract soon? Yeah, he's also linked to like Manchester United. Um, what? No, he's so, not good enough for them. That, yeah, that well, he good. was when like last season when they were wonderful. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That, yeah, they, no, I mean, it's, a lot of these players can do a job in the Premier League. I mean, we know that because they did it last season. I mean, who... Um, who is it who has been out, that midfielder, the young midfielder who's been out forever? He, Sander Beasher? Yeah, Sander Berger. He, he, you know, he was highly rated and played well last season. He'll be, that's kind of sad that he'll be in the championship because I think he's better than that. But He'll leave. You reckon? But he's just he's been yeah. injured. Maybe, I guess, on loan somewhere. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's one of those things like the Aaron Moy situation. You loan him to a premier right, league team right, right yeah no that's, if you come up you that, keep yeah. them if you don't you sell them yeah yeah but pretty cut and dry it would take a like serious miracle for sheffield united to make it out sure um, for sure it's statistically possible um like full yeah. still have a chance of winning the premier league uh so oh my god it's that's yeah no it's yeah, it's uh I think they'd have to like win they'd 100% have to win every match remaining. Oh, yeah. But and then have like an incredible amount of things go their way, but um nice. Okay, let's move on okay, yeah. to another pretty cut and dry one. Yeah. Um Brom. West Brom, they brought in Big Sam to try to keep yeah. the ship afloat, but uh a ship that concedes 56 goals is yeah. not going to be achieving safety anytime soon um although i will say they have improved recently um they've been playing well they were unlucky today against everton not to get a point um with a player who i've been very impressed with uh, mohammed diagne uh he scored but was considered offsides um and like his foot was offsides but it didn't give him any advantage at all um so yeah yeah unlucky today not to get a point but overall they they just have been so poor all season um yeah there's not much else to say about west brown though not really yeah i mean the 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 signing another signing of note was Ainsley maiton niles's loan which i i i mean i thought it was a kind of bizarre one for him because i don't know just west brown are terrible um, and it's just such a step down from Arsenal. I mean, they, they're in the Europa League and he would get minutes and cups and et cetera. 
but yeah, West Brom. Uh, I, I I won't be very sad to see them go. To to be fair, sorry West Brom fans. Um, I'd much rather see the likes yeah. of Brentford and even Norwich in the back in the Premier League. So, okay, let's move on to uh, one. Let's move on to two 18th and 17th spot. Fulham and Newcastle. This is a story here, right? Because they're battling it out. Even though Fulham drop points today, and you you guys have the chance to put a six point gap between between you and 18th. Let's talk about these two in tandem. What do you have to say? Yeah, I will say we do. A, it's a three point gap, but Newcastle have a game in hand. Yeah, um, as the Brighton, who are on the same points. Yeah, twenty six. Pundits have talked, like when talking about the relegation threat that Newcastle is under, they say like, oh, but Newcastle have West Brom this weekend. But the problem with saying Mm. that is you have to be confident that we can beat West Brom, which we have not beaten a team in the bottom 10 since uh, Southampton, who were terrible. And before that, I don't even remember the last bottom half team we've beaten. Um, Newcastle do not play well against bad teams. They play well against teams from like fifth yeah. to ninth. Uh, that is our level. Um, so I'm not confident we can beat West Brom. Uh, maybe we can get a point and build a one point lead over Fulham, but uh, yeah. it's pretty doom and gloom as a Newcastle fan right now. Um, even like uh like seasoned national media uh, members are like starting to turn on Bruce Uh, and talking about Bruce. uh, Some interesting stuff has happened recently Uh, Mm. after the one, one draw against wolves, which a point is a point and we're desperate for points. So it's a decent result for us. Um, After the match, Steve Bruce talked to the media and he, said how Matt Ritchie failed to uh, relay instructions onto the players on the field, which that alone is ridiculous because uh, it was the argument was about positioning. Uh, and in an empty stadium where Newcastle had a free kick, so there's no like rush to play on, yeah. there's nothing, nothing stopping the management team from saying, okay, Isaac Hayden, you slide into right back. Uh, instead, they used Matt Ritchie to come on. Uh, people have pulled the clips and shown all this, um, like them talking to Ritchie, Ritchie coming on, Ritchie mm-hmm. talking to mm-hmm. players. Uh, controversially, uh, you can see Isaac Hayden uh, getting the whisper in his ear, in his ear, supposedly to go to right back. You can see him shake his head, sigh, take like three steps to the right, and then not move any further than that. Um, And the big controversy is uh, because of this, uh, Isaac Hayden got beat in the air by Ruben Neves for the equalizer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's why Bruce post-match says uh, Matt Ritchie didn't do a good enough job uh, relaying information. So then in Tuesday's training, Matt Ritchie uh, was called to Steve Bruce's office uh, to talk about the whole situation. He refused to go, uh, then saying something along the lines of, like, I won't talk to a coward, 
Um, Steve Bruce was supposedly irate at this, came out to the training field, uh, said something to Matt Ritchie. Matt Ritchie called him a coward again and said, uh, you've done F all for me, uh, which is true. Matt Ritchie has barely played under Steve Bruce. Um, and then uh, possibly the biggest part of this is Bruce then said to Richie, what are you going to do? Tell Lee Charnley. Uh, Lee Charnley is Newcastle's director of football, uh, which this comes after many reports of, uh, I think it's up to seven Newcastle players complaining to Lee Charnley about the way Steve Bruce handles his business. Um, so this indicates to me that Bruce is aware that his players are complaining to him to his superiors like the only guy who can fire steve bruce um and this is a situation that reminds me of graham sunes uh in his time at newcastle because this is the kind of shit he did um a terrible and man. also uh it was reported that steve bruce repeatedly shoulder barged matt ritchie um which Matt Ritchie is five foot seven and Steve Bruce is six foot three or something. So um, that being said, I would back Matt Ritchie in a fight. The man is an angry little Scotman. <laughs> yeah. Although he was born in like London. So. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of news that suggests a, an implosion in a club that generally like signals the departure of a manager I guess, and just be. I'm just, I'm just frightened for for Newcastle at this point in time because if that's happening on the on the training ground, and I saw something that said, didn't match Richie apologize. I saw. Yeah, he, he apologized. Headline. Yeah. Today, Thursday. Yeah. So, I mean, this kind of stuff is between it between players. It happens. It must happen literally all the time, and then and sometimes it gets leaked. And people kind of make a big deal out of it. And then the manager inevitably is like, this is football. Uh, you know, this just happens. But when it's between a manager and a player, it's always something different because that's a person in a position of authority actively well, engaging in a fight with a player, which is genuinely just ridiculous. So Yes. And Matt Ritchie, despite not playing, he is, he is like the true captain of Newcastle. Um, he only doesn't wear the armband because he doesn't really play for us. Um, mm. But he's like certainly the locker room leader. Um, Jamal LaSalle is like, he barely talks. So right, uh, it's definitely a, a clash of the leader of the locker room with the manager, um, mm. which I agree. This is These are the kind of stories that come out before a club gets relegated. So. Yeah, exactly. Which, ugh, yeah, that's... Very bizarre. And Matt yeah. Ritchie, yeah, he's been a great servant for you, right? I mean, he's made loads of appearances a, for you over the past yeah, few years. Yeah, club hero. So, um, he, uh, speaking of which, uh, if Newcastle are relegated, I don't know what we're going to do next season uh, because I certainly will not be watching enough Premier League football to uh, maintain a podcast. I might have to become a honorary like West Ham fan for a season. Mm. Well, no, I was actually thinking about this though. It would be awesome to have a a little section of like how Newcastle is doing in the championship. Not that I think this will happen. I think you'll survive. I think it'll be okay. But uh, I would love that because the championship is a crazy league, but it's a fun league. And you know, if you're good, if you're doing well, the section can be a fun one. If you're doing horribly, we can literally just mention 
I don't know, your position in the table and a silver lining. And that'll yeah. be, be fine. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I I don't know. There's hope yet for you. Um, uh, I think, I don't know. I Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, you shouldn't be worried because there's a fair amount of games yet to be played. And, you, you know, you're only three points behind the relegation spot. So, yeah, we'll see. But, um, you know, game in hand and you're playing West Brom, who are terrible. And um, you on level points with Brighton as well. So Burnley and be a point behind Southampton. So yeah, there is hope for Newcastle, but the problem is oh, there's yeah. hope for Fulham. Um, no, there's serious hope. Yeah. For them, so and uh, yeah, Fulham fans are certainly looking up. right now um uh, against west brom villa and brighton are certainly three matches we should win because of the quality in our team uh i doubt we win more than one of them um but the biggest problem is these three matches will come without alan st maximin miguel almiron and callum wilson all of whom are confirmed out uh until at least at earliest, if everything goes well, the second match of April. Terrible. Really, really, really bad situation for you. Um, it's a scary one, to be honest. I was just thinking, uh, just, just, I don't know, I have Bournemouth on the mind uh, for some reason. because Oh, because of Matt Ritchie, because obviously he's a bit of a Bournemouth hero too. Um, I think Eddie Howe is going to take the Celtic job, but would you take him next 100%. season? Yeah, if he stayed up. Yeah, um, there's a huge like Bournemouth to Newcastle pipeline. Yeah, uh, pipeline. There's yeah. been tons and tons of players, and the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So many players have played between the two, which clubs, is funny, which is hilarious. So They're on far opposite apart. sides of England. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's funny because there's like a a little Southampton Newcastle connection um, mm. and a Bournemouth Newcastle connection. Uh, and Newcastle is pretty much as far as way, as far away as you can get from those two clubs. So. Right. Right. Okay, okay. Should we make our way up the table? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Um, uh, sitting in 16th uh, and still in the relegation dogfight is Brighton, um, a club that I have, I think I've picked them to win in like every single one of my predictions, uh, <laughs> which is yeah. why I am slipping so far behind. Um, they do wild things like uh, mm-hmm. beat Liverpool one nil, yeah. beat Spurs one nil, uh, and then just out of nowhere stink it up and mm-hmm. lose to a bad Crystal Palace team. They lose to West Brom most recently, nil nil draws all over the place. Even though they have uh, big money riding on Neil Mape. Yeah, uh, and this is my uh. I guess my uh, moment of vindication, um, they definitely need a goal scorer when Neil Mappé mm-hmm. isn't firing. And yeah. their backup goal scorer is Danny Welbeck, who has yeah. never been a consistent player and I would mm-hmm. argue has only been a good player 
maybe twice in his career. He's never been a consistent goal scorer either. Um, so that's like, I think, yeah. I mean, always excellent for England. Um, and I mean, he's a fun player, but I mean, just plagued by injuries, right? That's that's his thing. That's just, that's where it's gone wrong for him. Um, and then they've got Aaron Connolly as well, who, I mean, he's 21. Jury's kind of still out whether he's going to make it at the top level. Um, yeah, Brighton, they just, they need to survive and they need to try and go again. And I, I think if you take a look at their underlying numbers, um, it, it's pretty unfortunate that they're not scoring more. Uh, I think I've heard this somewhere. I'm not going to pretend I troll through the the XG numbers on websites. Um, but like a Brighton correspondent was was chatting to to someone on a podcast I was listening to and sort of saying like, look, in another in another season, well, in another world, we would have ten more points than we do right now because um, you know the goals would be going in a, a bit better. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I they do they do. I really like Graham Potter and they they play really nicely and that kind of stuff, but. You know, the, I guess the table doesn't lie, and 26 points is really bad. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, however much trouble Newcastle in right now, it's it's really a toss up between Brighton and Newcastle, who's going to sort of be occupying that relegation battle. I mean, maybe both of you will um, come the end of the season. Yeah, the maybe the most wild thing about the bottom of the table is that West Brom have a path to safety um and are playing okay and have had some shock results that they've come out on top of yeah um i don't think west brom will stay up no Um, no and i think it's like they don't deserve to frankly i mean come on yeah it's like a 40 percent chance fulham get relegated 40 percent chance newcastle get relegated and 20 mm-hmm. percent chance brighton get relegated i what i want to happen i this is it's it's funny because at the beginning of the season i was lambasting fulham so much and sort of being all why are they even in the premier they like shouldn't be in the premier league i hate fulham and now sort of since then they've turned it around and they're more exciting to watch i really want burnley to get relegated and for Fulham to stay up and Newcastle to stay up. The only reason I'm not more like invested in this relegation battle and sort of wanting things to happen is because I'm too worried about Newcastle going down. I really want you to survive. Otherwise I'd be like I'd be gleeful about this because it's 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 poised so nicely. Like a lot of teams can be dragged into it. Um so yeah. But should we move on? Should we move up the table again? I suppose. Get away from the darkness that is yeah. the bottom of the I have nothing to say about Burnley, uh, frankly. I have very little to say. Um, mainly, I want to touch on their 1-1 draw with Leicester City. Okay. Uh, yeah. In which Burnley, it was a typical Burnley masterclass where they frustrated the hell out of Leicester. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when Burnley want to... They play really nice, like passing football. Um, I, they're if they weren't like so plagued by such average players, um, like if you look at their squad, they genuinely they have 
three Premier League players, like players you would say would have a decent chance at being in the top 18 players at any mm-hmm. Premier League team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Pope, Tarkovsky, uh, and Dwight McNeil. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they have an incredibly average squad, but they make mm-hmm. it work because they have probably the fourth best manager in the Premier League, um, which I know you'll kill me for saying because you hate the man, but you have to admit he makes it oh, work. Oh, he knows. He, he, he's a very good manager. He's a very, very good manager. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, mm. They can play well, um, but they're like the most content team to sit between 14th and 16th every single season. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's a it's another con- it's a conversation for another day, I think. But I mean, obviously, they've had this takeover. You genuinely just the culture surrounding this club, and and honestly, the the location, the geographical location. And that sort of the history of it, it means that they're gonna, they will find it hard to attract players, frankly, um, that aren't certainly that aren't from from the UK, um, and so that you know that that'll be a problem for them, I think, going forward. Is even though they they have a bit more money now, is like where do they recruit from? They don't really have a history of a sort of innovative recruiting department. It'll be interesting to see how they proceed from here. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, sort of perennial is, Premier League fourteenth. Burnley, yeah. Burnley is a victim of the like all the jobs going abroad, right? They're a very poor town. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah. So they're they're yeah they're they're one of those. I can't remember if they're like a mining town, but yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're they're. Um, the 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 yeah they're victims of yeah they're a mining town sorry so they're a victim of of that going under people moving down south to different cities um and yeah it's a it's a very working class town up in lancashire yeah um quick side note uh what do you consider south england what do you consider north of england um South like England is the line. London below for me. That's so interesting. And so I, for those who don't know, I'm a geographer um, and mm-hmm. I'm very into, I, I like watch a lot of content that geographers create. Um, and uh, one of the content creators I watch was talking about how people from London consider anything london and below oh yeah well, uh, that's me. as being the south uh yeah. and then outside of london and below people consider the midlands and below oh. to be the south of england um i didn't know that so i was i've been meaning to ask you what mm-hmm. you consider the south knowing you're from nottingham yeah i was born in nottingham but i i lived in london as like a functioning human child rather than as a baby so um and all my family lives in London since my uh, grandma moved down from Yorkshire. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm more London than anything else, which I guess Yorkshire is where Leeds play. Where? Leeds. Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, ooh, uh, Yorkshire. Yeah. Uh, I'm yes, pretty it's sure. in West Yorkshire. It's in West Yorkshire. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeesh. With Harlem, Bradford. Scary thought having to do a podcast with a Leeds 
transporter. That would be that. Yeah, that is a scary thought. To be honest with you, um, that w- I don't think right, that podcast let's... would work, would it? Because you just hate each other too much. So, yeah. All right, let's get out of talking about Burnley. Yes, yes. And yes. Uh, talk about a free falling club. Yeah, my goodness. Um, Southampton. Yeah, no- Go November eighth, first in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. March fourth, fourteenth. Fourteenth. Seven points off 18th, the game in hand. Um, this is one of the tragic stories of this season for me. Um, it's really astonishing how quickly the narrative has swung on this club and also on this manager, um, who just a few months ago, obviously sitting in first place and everyone was waxing lyrical about the Hazen Hoots away and all this kind of stuff. I think... I mean, look, I, I think we're getting to the point now where you start to question, is there a rot inside this club that can't be stopped? And do you need to get rid of Ralph Hasenhutl? I know they've had injury after injury after injury, but I, I just, I honestly can't explain this. This is, this is just, it's, it's really astonishing. Um, they, they are playing horribly. And yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they they really have to stabilize, and I I just I I can't even explain this. What do you think? So on like one explanation of them drying up is the the goals have dried up for Danny Ings. Yeah, um, and there was the talk um, that started sort of in January of a move to Man City for Danny Ings or uh, some other big clubs. Um, and I don't know if mentally he's lost the the drive that was getting him these goals. Like maybe he's just mentally not on the edge he once was. Um, yeah. Like dreams of greener pastures have caused him to lose some of his form. But also the goals have dried up for like Shea Adams, um, yeah. a player who I detest. <laughs> um, and they have a good squad. I They do, yeah. They also but I will say they are like incredibly weak at goalkeeper. Um like Alex McCarthy is bad and Fraser Forster, as much as I love him, uh, you know, he's a Jordy. Uh he's not he's not great. Right. So I think um yeah. Sorry. Are they experiencing like a a Burnley situation where they have some decent players, but then they've got a bunch of not Premier League quality players. Um, actually, no, I I I don't think so. I think I think they're a fantastic side. I think we really do have to emphasize that the injuries for this club this season have been really like horrible. Um, which which is not a it's a always a terrible situation because you can't string a, like starting 11 together for multiple weeks in a row um but yeah i i, I just sort of have no explanation i think just i think it's sort of typified by james ward prowse who made his way into the england team last calendar year uh end of 2020 and everyone was talking about how incredible he was and 
all this stuff he was doing. I think, I mean, I think at one podcast we did like a whole segment on him, basically sort of talking about what he gives to the team and his prowess at set pieces and that kind of stuff. And Southampton's his decline. James is, Ward prowess. J- James Ward prowess. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, Southampton's decline is really paralleled that of their their key players like James Ward prowess, who who is not contributing anything uh, right now. And also Danny Ings, who looks like you said, like you said, wants wants to move on. Um, I I don't know. I I don't know if you sort of then sit back and like point fingers at the manager and 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 what's going on there. And I mean, the nine nil thing was just such a disaster because it's, you know, what who does that? Like who loses nine nils in two consecutive seasons? It's such a bizarre scoreline. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. It's it's sad, bad days to be a Southampton fan, and I just I think this this project they have is is seriously in jeopardy, um, because there's just such a bad feeling around this club right now, which is just astonishing given where they were four months ago. They and I mean they have players that I rate. Uh, yeah, yeah, like players like Jan Bednarek. Yannick yeah. Vestergaard, that's a great center back pairing. Yeah, um, they have great players. And then, um, yeah. Oriel Romeo, love that yeah. man. X <laughs> X Wonder Kid. Yeah, X Wonder Kid. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when he was at Chelsea. He was like sixteen. Yeah, I mean, you know, Theo Walcott's uh, loan was going so well, and and all that kind of stuff. And I I haven't heard from him in ages. He must be injured, surely. Yeah, he's he's injured, as he always is. But yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see where they are in a month. But let's not. We we we're, we're only in fourteenth place, and we've been going for a while already. So let's let's move up the table again. Um, I think Leeds United is our next like one to focus on. But we have two in between there: and Crystal Palace and Wolves. Do you want to say anything about either of I, these two clubs? I can take both of them. Um, Palace. I think uh, they're of course missing their talisman right now. Um, and that's why they're in the iffy sure. run of form. You'll say that Palace are shit and whatnot, um, but I think Palace has a really good squad. Um, they've yeah, got an they excellent do. goalkeeper, good central defenders, a good midfield, um, and when they have Zaha, they have a good attack. So mm-hmm. uh, I think 13th is low for them. Um, really? Okay. And then, yeah, I think they're, no, I think Palace I, are like. A, so I, I listened to. I was listening to someone talk about uh, Palace, a Palace fan, talk about Crystal Palace and saying um, that there's a split uh, on Palace. And the people who watch Crystal Palace play uh, say that, look, you know, this Roy Hodgson project has come to an end. He's done a good job keeping us up, but the football is frankly dreadful. And he said, even, you know, punctuated by brilliance from Zaha and Eberichieze and, and a few fun games here and there but the the majority of it is bad and then he said the people who don't watch palace and the other supporters of other clubs in the league sort of view palace as a you know they're doing fine they're sort of staying up kind of thing and or or even that they sort of they they have a good team and that kind of stuff and he was saying the people who watch this team don't believe that anymore and that they're like sick and tired of the way that they play so i think i don't know i'm not so i'm not so sure that palace are like Honestly, I don't think they're that great. Um, I think they need some some rejuvenation. 
Okay, that's yeah. really interesting because that's kind of the way I feel about Newcastle. Mm. Um, yeah, there like you go. we have some like phenomenal like top seven in their position in the Premier League players like uh, Callum right. Wilson, ASM, and uh, Miguel Miron. Uh, and despite having those best players, we just do not get results. We do not play good football, um, and as a result, we're decent shots at being relegated. Um, yeah, like professional betting companies have like a two percent chance between us and Fulham uh, of who's going to go down. So like, right. not even like people who get paid to decide like who's more likely mm-hmm. to go down. They don't even know which club is going to go down. Um, so I suppose from my perspective as not a Crystal Palace fan, um, right? I I see they're good players and I go, yeah, that's that's pretty cool, right? Right. Okay. So um, yes, talking, yeah, continuing our talk about cool players. Uh, Wolves are Wolves. utterly stacked with good players, mm-hmm. um, and despite they're on a really bad uh, few months of form, uh, mm-hmm. just like kind of a, a mini Southampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but however, this stems almost entirely from the loss of Raúl Jiménez. Um, who I didn't always rate, um, but you know, I certainly see how they're missing him. Um, they also have injuries like all over the place, um, and it's mm-hmm. forcing them to play these really weird formations. They're kind of in the same boat as Leicester, where they like have injuries in like really weird spots in their team, so they're like constantly flipping between like three at the backs and four at the backs mm-hmm. and like constant shuffling of their back line and their midfield. Um, and unfortunately as an American, uh, it's come at the expense of Otisawi. Uh, right. Who pretty well uh, has looked miserable in the Wolves midfield recently. Uh, yeah. But right. They're yeah. on, on a slide, but um, I don't know. They've got, real real quality in their side so Mm -hmm. yeah no they do i think i think that project has just come to a little bit of a halt and they need to reassess um what the next step is and sort of in you know they've lost some key players and they need to they need to make sure to invest and then maybe that's Mm-hmm. Wolves are set up really well in that if they decide they want to blow it up and sell their top players, they have seven or eight players who they could sell for over fifty million. Um, yeah, they have like oh, some yeah, 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 sure. unbelievable talents in their squad, and they're not making it work right now. But yeah, they'll they'll come uh, good again. They'll come good again, and you know next yeah, season so they like, won't have a European competition to worry about either. So yes. Okay, so let's move up into 11th with the best promoted side of all Mm -hmm. time, Leeds United. definitely. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, Leeds can be talked to death um, and this sort of Bielsa vision and and the the chaos that that is Leeds United. Um, They're, you know, I mean, just basically, they're just inconsistent. They're very frustrating, I think. Uh, You could... You could say, um, 
you can't predict what they're going to do. All you can predict is that it'll be entertaining. Um, So, yeah, I mean, look, 11th place is great. 35 points. Uh, You know, you'd have have taken that if you were a Leeds fan um, at the beginning of the season for sure. And it looks like they're going to finish around mid-table. Yeah, they have some great players and they're just the entertainers of the league, basically. Which is kind of cliche, but that's 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 what they are. That's what that's what I have to say on them. Um, yeah, yeah. My main bit about Leeds is uh, there's some like fetishism of Leeds. Yeah. It's like the the fallen giant who's returned sure. and taking the Premier League by storm. Um, when I don't, I think it's like way too early to talk about if Leeds is even going to be like a mainstay figure in the premier league. Mm -hmm. Um, If they pull us Sheffield United and go down next season, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's possible. possible. Yeah. It's, it's like, I I wouldn't be gobsmacked about it. Uh Um, Although like that does come from a place of bias where like I detest Leeds. Um, uh, it leads is what I want to see happen to the Manchester United's of the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I want to see the Premier League crash and burn and get flipped upside down. So perhaps I'm not the best person to give my opinion about Leeds United. Um, I okay. I've seen this almost eight thirty, and I actually have something to do at eight forty-five. So we need to speed this up. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Um, Let's go. Let's, let's talk let's about a big it. disappointment. Yeah. Uh, 10th place and 8th place. Yes. Uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The underperforming, quote, big six. Yes. Uh, what do you make of their seasons, Oscar Saywell? So, yeah. Um, okay, let's, let's go easily say it's underwhelming i think that lots of people would have predicted this with tottenham who are in eighth place right now for two points definitely not outside not out of the top four race yet um just because of the depth of their squad and they were playing good stuff earlier um and you know it might be that they just finished strong um you know people are very skeptical about jose Mourinho. we haven't seen anything blow up in his face yet with regards to like i don't know player revolt or something like that um, but that, you know, the, the Mourinho Spurs experiment is always one that's frankly doomed to fail. It's just if they can maybe get some sort of trophy, like a cup trophy out of it before its end. Arsenal, um, you know, on this podcast, we've, we've laughed at them for a while and especially you, Blake, uh, which is fine because, mm. uh, you know, Arsenal fans definitely deserve it because they suck. Um, sorry. Um, they were obviously like in 15th and Alan Shearer famously on match of the day was like super serious about them being in a relegation battle. And, you know, people couldn't even really argue with it at that point. Since then, they've, re- they've recovered. Their form recently has been relatively indifferent. When they win, they usually put in good displays. Um, their most recent victory, uh, which was they beat Leicester 3-1, uh, was very impressive. Um, they're still in the Europa League. So 
Look, they're, they're, it looks like they're going to finish mid-table-ish. Maybe they'll climb up to eight, seventh or eighth. Maybe they'll get a Europa League spot. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think Mikel Arteta, I stick by Mikel Arteta. I do think he is a good manager and he will become a good manager. But um, yeah, at this point, they need the season to end. They need to go again. And it will be all about uh how they start next season and sort of where that project goes in the first few months of next season and then and then we'll know more um but for now i will sum up these two teams with the word underwhelming which is fun for me because i hate them yeah i uh you know i would say arsenal not uh totally underperforming it's not the arsenal of 03 the arsenal of 07 um for the past five yeah. years this has been a pretty on par performance by arsenal um they're certainly not the club they once were um but for sake of time uh yeah tottenham down that. in eight shocked me um they that's not where i expected them to finish um although like once again they're a club with some phenomenal players and a club with some oh my god yeah pretty dire players Get it? Uh-huh. Dyer players. Boom. Eric Dyer. Um, and sandwiched in between them uh, is a team that's kind of the opposite of the two of them. Um, a, a team that has sprung up from the championship, uh, did poor in their first season, um, but now have a team like loaded with players who like are who get the message and are playing well, and um, they're playing well without their best player. So. Uh, that's Aston Villa season. Um, and it's a shame they're sandwiched between two teams that are massively underperforming. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about more underperforming teams. Liverpool in Liverpool. seventh place. So I think the big thing I want to say about Liverpool, people love to sort of clown them because it's a big club um, who've had a phenomenal amount of success over the last few years. And people love to see like a, a giant fall. About Liverpool, like no club in the in the world can deal with the injuries they've had to these key players and and like challenge for a title. It's just not possible. And I think just Liverpool just need to write this season off now. They've had disaster after disaster on and off the pitch. You know, Jurgen Klopp's mother passing away. Clearly, that has affected him very deeply. Uh, you know, we can tell that from from the comments he's made and the press conferences and that kind of stuff now Allison's father p- p- tragically passing away um you know all the pressure of that on this squad they've had COVID cases horrible injuries you know no one can deal with that seeing them down in seventh place is kind of bizarre um and they just lost to Chelsea 1-0 today which is a, a is very disappointing for them um I think that obviously very much still in the top four race, um, but they just need to write off this season. And and I guess, I don't know, maybe go for the Champions League, um, bin off the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, talking about today's result at Chelsea, um, mm-hmm. or, yeah, that was at Stamford Bridge, I think. Uh, um, couldn't tell you. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, with COVID, there's no such thing as home or away yes. advantage. Um, 
Uh, I will say briefly some slight drama brewing uh, when Salah was taken off. Uh, He was obviously uh, and very visibly frustrated. um, And his agent tweeted an interesting Mm. little tidbit. um, Although I have learned over the years not to put any sort of credit into like agents tweets. Agents, like, yeah. Yeah. They're always just trying to like stir up stuff. Yeah. Uh, Stupid. Yeah. But uh, from the underperforming to uh, the potentially overperforming. Uh, although is it overperforming if you just play really good football? Uh, West Ham United, your boys in a European space. Boom. Sixth place. Ah. Uh. I mean, yeah, sixth place, which is sad because we slipped out of the top four. But um, when when we play, we have the chance to go fourth again, unless Chelsea play again this weekend, and then we'll sort of further extend their lead and we'll have a couple games in hand, I guess. Um, I don't. I'm giddy. Uh, I'm ecstatic. I have no idea what the hell is going on. This so far has been the greatest West Ham season of my memory. Um, at this point, it is Pips the Pie season. Um, where we were brilliant. Look, I, I don't. I have to give credit to to Moyes. He has turned this team around. He's even sort of seems to have turned the philosophy of the club around. Quieted our ridiculously annoying, stupid owners. Um, they don't say anything anymore. Uh, we've rec- we're recruiting excellently. We have a good game plan. We have excellent players. Um, we have a thin squad, but, um, you know, we're, we're built on a super tight defense and we can release some, some sort of maverick fun players. And we bought in Jesse Lingard and I can't even be coherent about West Ham because I'm so happy, um, that we're even up there in this sort of like European place com- conversation. I have no idea what is going to happen. I'm just, I'm just here along for the ride. We played decently against a poor Man City side and lost 2-1. Uh, Leeds are up next, so you don't know what the hell is going to happen there. But we beat them comfortably last time, so who knows? Um, I'm just, I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you irons. I'm Come on, happy to see a friend happy. Yes. Um, and let's keep moving up the table. Um, Everton in fifth. Mm, yeah. Um, well above the the Everton Cup place. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. Everton have had uh, an up and down season, they've had some bad, I think yeah. like two bad stretches of matches. Um, mm. But outside of those, um, you know, they seem to be doing well. Uh, Richard Leeson has found his touch again. Yeah, um, finally. Yeah. Um, they're starting to get healthy. Um, and you can right, kind of see right. what a healthy Everton threatens the top six with. Um, and I don't have much to say other than that. Yeah, I think Everton are a funny side, but they're very much a catfish side. I thought it was interesting that Carlo Ancelotti um, was very open about, I think he called it the dream of the Champions League. Um, I'm sure he'll, he'd love to be, because I mean, he, he is the master of the Champions League of the European competition. Um, yeah, Four I don't Champions know. Leagues, I right? kind of, I, yeah, oh my God, what a great manager. Um, I don't like Everton because I just, I don't know. I don't like of Everton. Um, but I love Carlo Ancelotti, and it kind of does seem like a great match, to be honest. Um, they're flushed with cash, and 
you know, I mean, he's doing a good job. And yeah, um, I, I don't really want them to get top four. But, you know, maybe they'll they'll get a European place next season and and they can sort of actually do something with it with Carlo in charge. But yeah. Shall we move upwards, onwards and upwards again? Um, yes. The, the only way I'll be happy if Everton finish top four is uh-huh. if they knock out number four, Chelsea oh God, yes. uh, football actually, club. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, who... Uh, Another, they get results, but uh, underperforming based Mm -hmm. on how much they spent. Um, Their season is sort of headlined by uh, Timo Werner, uh, where Mm -hmm. Chelsea play well, Timo Werner plays well, I guess, um, if you consider an 80 million pound striker not scoring goals playing good. um, Yeah, they play decent football and they have good mm-hmm. players um and they're yeah. in the top four in the most competitive players. league in the world um yeah. and their fans are still disappointed by the place they're in um so. i think yeah God, I hate, okay i hate chelsea um i think they will be a formidable force next season however um i think i agree with one of so one of my favorite journalists uh football guys it's called muso kwanga uh, he works for the the Ring FC, so check that out. Um, and he was saying he he thinks that Chelsea and what well, specifically Tuchel will be the the one side that could actually give Man City season, which is a big shout, um, especially based on like six seven games money, and they have the quality of the players, and they have a very very good coach. So I guess watch out for Chelsea next season, and I. Th- think i think they probably will make top four um certainly over us they're definitely better than everton and i think they could definitely reel in leicester as well so there you go all right let's move on to leicester um yes. you're trying to recapture that 2016 cinderella story mm-hmm. um, um yeah they play uh, well they play mm-hmm. really good football um they're very fun to watch yeah, They're like a good version of Leeds. I think, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting comparison, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, can they, I... they play that like the counterattacking. Yeah, you, you go. Uh, I think they will finish outside the top four. Ouch. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. If I had to make a, yeah, if I had to make a bet, I think, I think they're gonna drop and finish outside of. Okay. It. Yeah. The last thing we'll say on Leicester. Are they more likely to finish seventh or second? Seventh. Uh, seventh. Okay. So seventh was your prediction that we made at the midseason. Second Ooh. was my prediction. Oh, not bad. Not okay. That's that's good. That's that's well poised. I think I yeah. think Chelsea are possibly creeping up to be favorites to finish second. They're only four points behind, and yeah. So, but we'll see. I think Leicester are in real danger, um, mainly because of just these injuries are just terrible. Um, yeah, they, the like same I exact said, thing happened last season with Wolves. Um, yeah. They they've got they they're playing all sorts of formations and players yeah. they never play in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, starting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's move up to second place. Um, of really weird second place Manchester United. So strange. So strange. Um. Look, I think Man U are a good team. Um, 
you have to take a look at so oh god i mean it was a I actually match. disagree with that what? okay they're okay. a good squad they've right. got tremendous players they're mm-hmm. not a good team well, as but in, they, they don't have it all together what? but they're in second place so they they have to be a good team i mean you can't if you're gonna i, I don't know i think i i just we don't I just don't even know what to say about Manu anymore, and I said that like two months ago. You know, when they when they when they don't win, that everyone says they're terrible. When they win, everyone says they're great. So they're clearly somewhere in between. I really don't think you can say they're not a good team because they are second in the Premier League. You know that that you know they, when they, when they're fit and firing, they they're great. They have these incredible players, and they can beat anyone. Um, I think just the biggest thing is their the, the top players like Rashford and Fernandez and Maguire, who's not very good, but plays week in, week out. They've just played way too much. They've played like 43 plus games already this season. And you can see that it's just taking its toll. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen to Man U. I find them just a, sort of a, almost annoying to talk about and very unpredictable. But I'd still think yeah. you have to say they're a good team because it just they're in second. Yeah, I think it's just pedantics about right, yeah. good team versus good right. squad versus yeah, sure, good form. Sure. Like, um, and if you don't know what else to say about Manchester United, uh, there's no way you know what else to talk about Man City. Um, Who are um, a gorgeous yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my only thing is, if Pep wins the Premier League, mm. does he leave Man City? No, because he, he just signed. Know, a, he signed a contract extension. You and we've talked about how contracts don't mean anything in football. Mm, I don't know. I, not with because not with Pep and a man as a and, and as a manager. I just I see one project outside of England that kind of screams Pep to me. Uh, really, an unlimited money rebuild. In Barcelona, how? Where it unlimited money? They Barcelona. Well, so they have to blow up their squad and sell their players, and there, I, my heart rather than my head says there's a Pep and Barcelona reunion. Oh wow! I haven't heard anyone talk about this. I well, yeah, this is your. american uh source uh i don't know i i I don't it's not like i expect it to happen but Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like a like the the manager who gave barcelona the four years of dominance that was like unparalleled uh returning to fix the fallen giant uh right I just think it's literally not viable right now financially, even if they sell a bunch of players. Um, slash, I don't, I think Pep will, I, I think I believe the comments he, he, he made at the end of last year where he was like, stuff has changed for me over this pandemic period. I'm thinking about my career differently now. I want to stay with this project. Um, I think he really wants to win a Champions League, which I'm, he's definitely favorite to do this season. And I think it will be weird if they end up doing like the quadruple and then it's like, where do you go from there? But I sort of believe these comments when he's like, 
I'm I'm here for the long stay. Like I I'm here to I want to do this kind of thing. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's my fairy tale. The I mean, the I, I hadn't Hollywood. even considered it. That would be great. That would be great. Okay. So uh, that's already too much time spent on the club that mm. will almost guaranteed win the Premier League. 100%. Let's really yeah. quickly do our predictions, and then I have some quick questions for you. Okay. So, Burnley Arsenal. Okay, uh, Burnley Arsenal will be a two-one uh, victory to Arsenal. All right, I'm gonna go a two-nil victory, Arsenal. I really nice. got to get these correct scores. Sheffield United, Southampton. Um, oh my goodness, I'll go for Southampton win just because I, I just they have to surely, and I will go a. Oh my god. Oh, one nil. I'll take the one one draw. Yeah, that's a, that's a good prediction. Yeah, that's Villa good. Wolves. It is a Midlands derby. I'm gonna go for a two two draw. I will give the two one win to Villa. Okay. Uh, Brighton Leicester. Brighton Leicester. Oh, you go. I'm sorry. Uh, I will do the Leicester win two one. Oh, I'm so crazy. One one. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just wow. have a gut feeling. I have a gut feeling. West Brom Newcastle. I think you will beat West. You. I think you'll beat them. Uh, you know what? No, I'm going no no. You're gonna pick up a point. I'll go a score draw one yeah. one. I have no confidence. Liverpool Fulham. The crazy in me wants to predict a Liverpool loss, but I can't bring myself to do that simply because Fulham just can't score. So I'll go 2 0 Liverpool. I'll undercut you 1 0 Liverpool. Uh, Man City, Man U, Manchester Derby. So I think City haven't been playing incredibly, actually, uh, in the past like three weeks or three fixtures, and they, they have been conceding. I think they'll concede first, but then come back and win. I'm going to go 2 1 City. Um. Yeah, but I think they could blow them away. Cause it's... yeah, I will go. Yeah, concede first, score yeah. three late to right. win quite convincingly. Three one, Spurs Palace. I think Spurs are riding high. You you can't. They always mess up. But I'll go three nil victory over Palace. I just don't think Palace are very good right now, and Spurs have their confidence. I'll go one one draw. I like that. I like that. Oh. Yeah. Chelsea Everton. Mm. Oh, I hate this. Um, two 0 Chelsea. One one draw, baby. Mm. I'm predicting all. I like one your ones. predictions. I like your predictions. I really do. All right, um, finishing it up with West Ham. That's Leeds you know, United. it's a big four four energy for me. Um, you know, just chaos. Obviously, this won't happen, but it would be fantastic if it did. Uh, I'll go one nil, uh, West Ham. Oh, uh, thank you. I always see now. I feel West bad. Ham I should have predicted that one nil for Newcastle over West Brom. <laughs> I it won't I, happen. We don't have any goal scorers. Blake, I have a great feeling about your your predictions this week. Um, okay. Well, I really do. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope and pray. Um, okay. So let me ask you some few quick questions. Do it. Uh. First is my wonder kid. Um, mm, I love he's this. a player who, when I was a kid, 
I thought he was going to be like the best central defender in the world. Um, he came through uh, he some small French club before joining Arsenal's youth side. Um, right. And then he spent 10 years at Arsenal, uh, only oh, broken wow. up by loans to Birmingham City, Hanover 96, and Hamburger. Hamburger. Uh, before joining Hamburger on the permanent. He has since ah. bounced around, going from Turkey, Antilia Spore, to mm-hmm. Italy, Spal, to Switzerland, Sion, uh, still in Switzerland with Jamash. And finally, he is at a Danish club. Can you tell me where one Johan Juru is playing? Oh, Johan Juru. What a name. I reckon he's still in Denmark, but I couldn't tell you where, um, to be honest with you. So did you just tell me he was just in Denmark? You did. Um, yes. I have no idea. I, I just say he- Michelin. That's not uh, no, he, he plays for Nordzjylland. Nordzjylland. Um, okay. Yeah, which I didn't even know. Uh, he joined them in 2020. Okay. Um, but yeah, this he's a, a player who like, the first player I remember sort of like him being young and promising and then it very quickly turned into like, what if he never had those injuries? Um, and then very quickly uh-huh. like, LOL Arsenal, like... Yeah. Arsenal are so bad. Like, look how they mismanaged this guy's injuries and totally ballsed up this potentially world class player they had. Doesn't um, I don't know why I'm saying. Doesn't he have like a really wholesome Twitter or something, where he like posts? I'm not sure. Very nice, motivating tweets. I, I hope so. Why. Yeah, I I think I don't know why. I feel like I feel like he's a someone who. Yeah, I don't know. Like, does a lot of invest invests a lot of time off the pitch and stuff like that. Anyway, um, yeah, not yeah. not. All I, I know is he he wants to be an actor. Um, oh, really? Like when he retires from football. Yeah, that's all I know about him. See, so that 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 points to a cool. You know, he seems a cool character to me. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, let me ask you some few quick okay. questions, then I'll let you yeah. go. Okay. Uh, I believe this was Jamie Carragher, that I couldn't find the exact quote, so I'm not sure which like uh, subpar pundit said this. Um, it might have been one of the yeah. Nevilles. Uh, claimed that Leeds were the best promoted side in Premier League history. Do you agree? And if not, who was better? Leeds, best promoted side in history. Uh, no, they're not the best in history. They're the, mo- they're the most fun to watch in history, I reckon. Um, the the best in history, I don't know, so I'll just go off the last few years. I think Wolves were a better promoter side than than uh, Leeds in recent history. Just sort yes. of like, yeah. Um, there are six clubs that have finished higher than tenth uh, place, um, which is where I think Leeds will finish this season. Wolves eighteen nineteen, Newcastle seventeen eighteen, uh-huh. Sheffield United getting ninth place, Reading in two thousand six, um, and the best promoted side of all time, hands down, is Newcastle United, 1993-1994, when uh-huh. they finished third. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, so did Birmingham City, I think. They also mm-hmm. finished third. Um, so, yeah, Newcastle United, best promoted side ever. Don't fucking well, take that from me. No, uh, I would never. Jamie Carragher. Um, okay. Uh, there's only one club in the Premier League with fewer unsuccessful touches 
per game than Manchester City, who has 12.8 per game. Unsuccessful. Which Premier League side has fewer unsuccessful touches? Than Man City? Yes. Um, oh, God, I haven't even heard of that stat before. Uh... It's like bad touches. Bad. Who has fewer bad touches? Who has fewer bad touches than Man City? Spit out your club. Leicester. No. Burnley. Oh, jeez. Burnley at 12.4. A whole, almost half a point less than like Just because they're drilled within an inch of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Pep would, like, murder them if, uh... Mm. Okay. Um, What club leads the Premier League in the fewest Short ball errors per game. Like mm-hmm. short passes, who has the highest accuracy? City. No. Oh my god. Newcastle United what? have the fewest inaccurate short passes per game, but the stat is like wildly skewed because, because Newcastle don't, don't pass count. a lot. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Um Leads are the high that have the most inaccurate short passes. Wow. Um, and then my final question for you is uh, mm-hmm. uh, less there's no real clear answer. Um, okay, would you rather have a significant other that was very knowledgeable <laughs> about football but uh-huh. they support Spurs or Chelsea? Jeez, that makes or would right. you rather have an SO that knew nothing about football whatsoever? Uh, I already have an SO who knows nothing about football, and I love her very much, so I will go with the latter. I agree. Oh. I have the exact same. My uh, girlfriend thinks Miggy Almiron is the best player in the Premier League, so... <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's all, yeah. that's all we need. Yeah, and with that being said, that is the end of episode yes. 16 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. I'm Blake mm. Munchell. Follow me at bmunch. Follow mm. Oscar at O-H-S-C-U-H. Follow the pod yeah. at Peaked, the number two early pod uh, on Twitter and email us at Peaked, the number two early podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review. review. And tune back on Sunday when we should have an on-time episode. Oscar, take care. Thank you. And uh, thanks for sticking with us. And I'm sorry I had to rush this ending. Um, That's on me. But we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. I'm standing.